0: You're listening to the NYY Sports Talk podcast hosted by Christian and Chris. Head to nyysportstalk.com to subscribe to the show and check out the fan shop so
1: you can swag up on great NYYST ST apparel. Stay on top of all the latest with the New York Yankees, including breaking news, in game updates, and incredible fan giveaways
2: by following on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. It's now time to talk Yankees baseball. <laughs> Welcome back, this is episode 37 of the NYY Sports Talk Podcast presented by We're All Tied Up. I'm Christian, find me on Twitter at Christian underscore NYYST. As always, I'm joined by my co-host Chris. What up, man? And Stagger rye.
1: Yo. We're All Tied Up presenting this episode. You can head to Instagram, go to at We're All Tied Up. They got some nice uh, wreaths. On there that we're going to be giving away a Yankee read this week, correct? That is correct. But first we need to talk about the up and down roller coaster the Yankees took us on this first week of the season.
2: Yeah, so uh, we're recording just after the Yankees completed an 8-3 to victory over the Baltimore Orioles on Saturday afternoon. Uh, bats broke out a little bit. Uh, so they uh, dropped the first two games to the O's. Uh, a little- brutal loss last night. We're
1: recording Saturday evening. That loss last night was brutal. Yeah. Brutal is an
2: understatement. It's not even the fact that they lost the game. It's just like it was like a Murphy's Law of what could go wrong went wrong in that game yesterday. But I'll tell
1: you what. They came out today and they won. And that was a big deal because when you lose a game like that last night, the reason why it's such a bad loss is because you're almost giving up on today, too, because you just don't have anybody.
2: Well, let's get into some of the side stuff from the game, not even the on-the-field stuff. CC Sabathia is on the disabled list. Uh, hip, I don't think he wanted to go on. He did not. When I woke up this morning, uh, about three hours after the game ended, he had a quote that said he wasn't expecting to miss any time. Now, you listen to the Yankees, and it seems like the Yankees made the move because they wanted to bring up two pitchers today. Right. And this this gave them an excuse to get CC on the DL and bring up a second pitcher. Because they're going to skip one of
1: his starts anyway with the day off.
2: Because they don't need... Because of the day off, he doesn't have to, That turn in the rotation doesn't come up for eight more days. Right.
3: Yeah, I don't think that turn comes up until next Saturday. I think Curry said that. or
2: seven So then that's seven days still. So it's about a week, so... Yeah. Yeah, I mean,
1: they did it because they needed some room, but a guy like CC's not going to take that too well.
3: You but,
2: know that. Yeah, I know that, but, you know... It, you CC CeCe's the type of guy, and I know it's only the second start of the season, but you're going to be extra cautious with him because yeah. he's older and he's got a little bit of injury history now. So, And like I said, if the Yankees have lost that game in nine innings and they didn't burn through their bullpen, maybe CC doesn't go on the DL. But the Yankees need it to make a roster move. And where else were you going to go? They do you, sent think, down...
1: do you think Holder will ever see... Yeah, he'll the be, major leagues again absolutely. this year. He'll use, really. He,
2: yeah, he'll be on the screen shuttle all year long. I think I'm long. done
1: with him. I think I'm not that. Listen, he gave up the grand slam last night, but how much more can you expect from Jonathan Holder throwing high pressure pitches every single pitch for how many innings did he throw last night? Two, Two plus. Two maybe.
2: I mean, it wasn't just that. He's well, just, if Judge doesn't rob a home run, then uh, he doesn't even get to give up the grand Slam. So. right? But I just feel like.
1: From what we've seen and what we what we've heard of Herman, that he should be that
2: guy in the bullpen. No, well, he's up now. So. I think
3: they just gave wanted
1: to give Holder the
3: shot because he had the best spring training. I think out of all of them, he had a one. 1.8 ERA in, in right, spring. Right, but, so.
1: but I mean, what's his ERA now? 50-something? No, it's 20.25.
2: 20.
1: It was 45 <laughs> it, going into the game
3: last he night. He was that extra guy that they decided to try out first. So he didn't Look, agree. I'm not
2: going to get mad at them for bringing up Jonathan Holder. You can't have a closer in every spot. In no, the I know. I'm just saying that maybe there's a better option.
3: Domingo Herman's up now, right? Yes.
2: So let's go through the roster moves here. CC's on the DL. Brandon Drury's on the DL and apparently Brian Cashman's not exactly thrilled with him right now based on if you take some of his quotes in context because Drury's on the DL with uh, migraines and blurred vision and apparently he's been dealing with this for over six years and the Yankees just learned about learned about it last night kind of reminds me of Carl Pavano when uh,
1: he got into that car accident and was injured and didn't tell anyone about it. Well, you gotta be through it. You gotta be a pretty, it, be
2: got, a pretty damn good baseball player <coughs> if you can still hit 13 home runs with a migraine and blurred vision. It this could be something serious. I no, mean, that's I, what
1: you know. What this could be something serious that he's been dealing with this for for that long. you are
2: sending him to a neuro, uh, neurologist on Monday. I mean, I'm talking. We might not see him for six weeks, maybe longer. You know, you what? don't know. It's. For people that don't suffer from migraines, they think it's just a headache, and it's not. It's no, a, when you have a serious migraine, you can't function.
1: I don't know how this guy has played through this.
3: I mean, the good thing is uh, last year he did play 135 games, and the year before that, 134. So if it has been a long-term problem, he's been able to deal
1: with it at least. In the but
2: recipes. then you
1: ask you ask the question of how much better can this guy actually be if he gets this taken care of? Because he's put up decent numbers thus far. I all, mean,
2: all I know is that... From time to time, I'll get a migraine, and I can't even keep my. I can't open my right. eyes.
1: Yeah, and, and this, this guy's, guy's playing <laughs> 135 games a year with them, so, so yeah, it's like a it's a, it's almost like a batter hitting without contacts. I mean, this guy's what had blurred vision for six years, and you're yeah. telling me he's hitting major major league pitching the last couple of years? It's not hear easy a, to do. If
2: you hear an engine rooming in the background, that's Brandon Rendini Fitness dot com uh, leaving his driveway. <laughs> Thanks, Brandon. Uh Also Tyler Wade uh, Just a little flu like symptoms I told you he had poopy butt last night <laughs> <laughs> When you texted me that I didn't know what the hell you were saying What did you think I meant by that? I didn't know. I thought you were just being an idiot because it
1: was late. I thought you were delirious. (laughs) It kind of made sense with the way he was walking back to the dugout too. I I don't know. You know what threw me off when he wasn't taking grounders, but then they threw the ball down to second base, and he almost grabbed his leg, it looked like. Maybe
2: a little uh, Duke run down his leg. (laughs) So he should be fine in a couple days. Um, Sanchez, everybody was getting all up in arms over Sanchez just to cramp Just a cramp. The guy Much needed
1: day off today. The guy caught like two hundred and eighty pitches last night. I mean, let me tell you something. I kinda had it out with someone on Twitter. They're they're saying, Oh, Romine might be a nice breath of fresh air because Sanchez has been such a bust at the plate. Can we give this guy some credit of how much better he's
2: looked? Defensively, he, so far this year, yes. And the eight—what well, does he probably call it? seven of eight games? He's but been it's a, a drastic he's looked difference. A lot better, it, and he's been
1: challenged too. I mean, the Yankee pitchers last night were giving. And him in general, help.
2: they're not. It's not an easy staff to catch. It, they're not at all.
1: Tommy Cainley was all over the place
3: last night. He had one ball outside of yeah. the dirt, and Sanchez scooped it. Oh, I mean, then really let's nice.
2: speak of those two: Cainley and Chapman. You saw Boone come out and questioned Chapman. Chapman said that he was fine. It was just a cold night, and he needs to learn how to warm up better. I mean, Christ, how long has he been in the major leagues for? doesn't know how to warm up now? Playing in Chicago, too. It was a mean, weird
1: game last, last It night. really was. And
2: uh, they were a little concerned with the – there was a less a little – Kingley was a little tick below on his velocity, but – So was
1: Chapman. I mean, that was the big
2: concern with Chapman. And, uh, Chapman was throwing 96 until the end of the inning. And uh, Boone didn't seem too concerned with either one of those two guys today. No, but, but Canley threw. What did he throw? Fifty three pitches last night. No, he threw forty eight pitches. Forty eight,
1: which was ten that's less. Still gr- that's still not a great. That's still not. Listen, that's the most he's thrown.
2: I think they said he, in
1: his career. Yeah,
2: because I think they said last night that his high water mark last year was twenty eight pitches. Yeah. That's it, yeah. But think about this, right? Canley threw two innings last
1: night. CC threw four, and he only threw ten less pitches than CC did in four innings. CC got pulled from that game at 58 pitches, mm-hmm. and other than Machado and who else, Chris Davis. Davis took him I mean, yeah, he gave up three home runs, but
2: they were solo shots. The team was still in the game. He was pitching okay. Machado, uh, where it says uh, father on CC Sabathia's birth certificate, it should say Manny Machado. Manny Machado's name is in that spot. I know. So he's he's been a
1: pain in the ass this week, this weekend.
2: We're gonna we're gonna go into Manny Machado a little bit later on in the show because there's a lot of things I want to talk about in regards to Manny Machado and a shortstop that actually plays for the New York Yankees right now. Mm-hmm. But we'll get into that later. Um, so other roster moves, we mentioned Holder was sent down. Maybe he can uh, he'll be back because that's a that's a floating spot and it'll be a floating spot all year. Somebody'll. You know the Yankees will need an extra fresh arm and Holder Holder might be one of these four A guys so he'll get hot down in Scranton and the yeah. Yankees will bring him back up. He'll be on the Scranton shuttle all year long. But so. what if Herman's really effective out of the bullpen? I don't know. Do they really want Herman to be a, a I don't know a reliever? I don't know. Is- it sounds
1: like that could be the direction they're going in with him. But somebody knows?
2: we had on it was either Chris Corelli or. Uh, May- was- Probably Corelli mentioned that Herman might be the that Chad Green type this right. season. And you know what? You can be
1: frustrated that Luis Sessa is now that guy getting called up already, but who the hell else are you going to call up? Because first, Chance Adams has been a, uh, an absolute train wreck.
2: All right, first of all, before anybody gets their panties in a bunch over uh, Luis Sessa getting called up, if even if the Yankees wanted Chance Adams to take Sabathia's next start, why would you call him up today? Right. You need he just a, pitched need, the same night. You need somebody in here in that bullpen to eat up innings. Right. So why what good would Chance Adams do on the major league roster right now? Right, no good. He just pitched. He pitched last night. He didn't but pitch well it sounds like the Yankees. It was not are a saying... good night. It was not a good night all around in the Yankee No, because Justin Sheffield, and Sheffield got shelled Sheff- Sheff- Sheffield did not and pitch And you know well what? Either. You're a
1: little concerned right now because both of those guys really didn't have good springs either. So, you know,
2: they, yeah. you're a little concerned, but... Well, you know what? we, I don't know how this wasn't more widely reported, but I picked up on a story somewhere over the course of the week that Chance Adams uh, had a little bone spur or, or uh, some type yeah. of issue in his elbow that he had worked on over the off season That they didn't so, really talk about. So, maybe he's just trying to get back into form after maybe. after a procedure. But it sounds done. like
1: the Yankees are going to stick with either
2: Cesar or Herman to make... The start for CC. All right, if it's one start, it's I mean, come on, I, nobody wants to see Luis Sessa, but it's if it's one start,
1: yeah. Hopefully, just one start. I mean, hopefully, CC comes back strong, and he, you know, this hip doesn't keep causing him an issue. But it sounds like, regardless, we're not going to see Chance Adams get the call to make that start.
2: Eh, no. I think
1: that's that's fair to say right now. That it's either going to be Cesar or Herman.
2: And going back to Brandon Drury being hurt, everybody that out there in Twitter world and uh, the Yankee universe that that had such an uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I will just say a negative reaction to Andrew Hargan sent down and in Drury, including us. Uh, not really me. Not not as much of you as me, but that it was the. It was a bigger crime than the crucifixion of Jesus Christ that Andujar got sent to Triple A, okay? Right. And now he's now now here, he's, he's here now after he eight sucks. games. Now everyone says he sucks. But not even that. He's here after eight games. That's why you can't get too worked up over roster moves and spring training because you don't know what's going to happen. After eight games now, Miguel Andujar is your starting third baseman. But I mean, if you told, if anyone told you
1: that, Within eight games of the season, Peterson will be playing left field.
2: Would you ever believe them? Yeah, and Jace Peterson was the other roster move. He was called up today, too. I mean, would you
1: – and he had a, he actually had a good game.
2: He played decently in left. He
1: played great in left. And then he made he got a couple hit, nice then, plays.
2: Then he got hit uh, by the bus spoon and threw him under in the yeah. Post game.
1: Yeah. But all in all, I mean, would you ever believe that he'd be in left field? No. No. Absolutely Eight games not. into the season because that the mean, depth this, this exactly team has in the outfield.
2: So oh, there you go. Yeah, that was completely out of left field. I mean, <laughs> it's scary.
1: It, it's a scary thing. And I know that Sanchez was just a cramp last night from from what it sounds like, but it's still concerning to see another guy get taken off the field. But he wasn't playing today anyway. No, but it's still concerning to watch another guy
2: get taken off the field last night. I mean, how many guys were going to go down? But, again, he caught 14 innings, and it wasn't just like he was sitting there, like, catching a bullpen well, let me
1: session. ask you a question. At that point, Warren was the only guy that they could have brought in other than the remaining starting pitchers. What if a, what if a position player went down again at that point? What if this game went 18 innings, and in the, in the 15th or 16th, you know, someone went down? If Toe went down with an injury, who comes in? I mean, that's scary. That you burn through that many guys and have that many injuries. Well, the Yankees only have three bench players, so oh, they're gonna have to—they're gonna have to really rethink that.
2: Well, here we go now. So let's just—you uh, want to—you want to take the show on a different course here. That's gonna be something Aaron Boone has to figure out because if he's gonna be adamant about sticking his pitchers to eighty-five pitches. There's no way that they can add an extra bench player. They're going to need the extra arm in the bullpen. Just to clarify, I
1: heard Boone on WFAN on Friday, and they asked him the second time through the rotation, will he start letting these guys go deeper into the games? He said – pretty much said outside of Severino – He's not comfortable with guys going much past 85 pitches.
2: All right, and then today, right? Perfect example. Right. Sonny Gray was at, what, 85, 86 80, pitches? Anywhere between 85 and 87, I If there's I ever a game that you need to extend your starter into the seventh right. inning, today, today, today would have been a day, and he was done. Yep. Gray what?
3: finished with 86 pitches today. There you go.
2: He. You mean to tell me at the very worst you couldn't go batter to batter with Sonny Gray in the seventh inning? Because he brought in Adam Warren, and Adam yeah. Warren immediately put the Yankees in a bad spot. I th- uh, Well, I
1: think that's why he didn't do it. Because he knew Gray was going to be on such a short leash. He didn't want Warren coming in with guys on base.
2: So now, what is this thing now where relievers can't come in with guys on base? This is all I keep hearing people say now. Oh, we want a king to start a fresh inning. If you're a reliever, that should be part of your job description to come Absolutely. in and clean up a mess.
1: Absolutely. But these guys just haven't been good with with coming in, in, in a in a messy situation and they should be. I mean that's part of their job. Part of your job, part of your part of your preparation is is practicing in your mind with runners on and how you're gonna get people out.
2: I mean what else do you want to talk about from so far from the Baltimore series? Thursday night they lose five was it five two was the final five two, yeah. It took him forever to get on the board. Judge hits a home run, and then immediately Tanaka turns around, gives up the two-run home run to Jones. The bullpen implodes. They lose 5-2. to two. I mean, it is what it is. And yesterday, I mean, it was a really tough loss. When you go that deep into your bullpen and you play that deep into the night, you want to win that game.
1: I said to you before we started recording, when it comes to guys performing and teams clicking, You can sit here and say, listen, it's early. This offense has been struggling a bit, but it's early. They're going to click. They're going to find their groove. But when it comes to wins and losses, I don't care if it's game eight of the season. I don't care if it's game 120. These losses mean something. Every game counts. I don't care how early in the season it is. All
2: right. It's nine games. The Yankees are five and four right now. Right. Every single team is going to go through a stretch where they're 5-4 and four over a stretch of nine games. And no one is going to even think about it because it's going to get lost in a mire of 162 games. But because the Yankees are coming out of the gate this way, now everybody wants to focus in on it. Oh, the expectations were too high. Aaron Boone is a joke. The bullpen's overrated. Judge is a fluke. Sanchez is a piece of garbage. Stan should get back on a plane to Miami. Right, but it. But if this was happening like in the in like the middle of June, you wouldn't even think anything of it. It's a five and four stretch, big deal. It's going to happen. You can't play like seven hundred baseball all year long. You know how I thought of it. I thought of it like this,
1: right? The Yankees started the season last year one and four um and their first series bad series was against the Orioles and then what they went on a stretch to be 21 and 9 and we were sitting here saying this is the greatest team we've ever seen and then midsummer we're sitting there going this team sucks again this team can't find a way to win this just happens in baseball it just it it's a little more frustrating in the in the beginning of the year when the Boston Red Sox are what 7 and 1 now yeah i mean look it's early but you're already in a hole. You said it. I mean, they're going to be playing from behind now, and that's tough.
2: I don't. It is. It's tough that they're already three games behind, but it's not as big of a deal as people are making it out to be. No, it's not. Boston's going to have a five and four stretch. They might have a four and five stretch, and the Yankees are going to get hot and they'll win a. And they out haven't even games. played them yet. I mean, they don't play it'll, them until Tuesday. I'll be in Boston on Tuesday, right? So. And if you
1: could take a couple games there, you know. My 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 thing is this, right? Everyone's up in arms. This team hasn't even lost the series yet. You split, you know, f- these four-game series. Yeah, it'd be nice to take a couple of them, but your main objective is to at least split.
2: They split against Toronto. They took the two against Tampa Bay, Not and now they have chance. a chance
1: to split tomorrow.
2: All right, so we'll move so there's nothing else you want to touch on on Thursday or Friday's game. No. So you move on to today. What I really liked about today's game was they didn't strike out in certain key spots. People always say, oh, strike out, who cares? No. You know what? Yeah, Judge is going to strike out 200 times. Janice Stan's is probably going to strike out 200 times. But these guys got to learn the importance of putting the bat on the ball. When the Yankees tied the game at three, when Judge had that ground out, right? Right. If he strikes out there, the Yankees don't <clears> score. <throat> but because right? he put the bat on the ball, mm-hmm. they got to run. Then in... What inning was it? The sixth, 6th or seventh? It was, a, I think, it was the sixth when the Yankees uh, took the lead, and then uh, Romine popped up and Davis dropped the ball. Romine strikes out. Guess what? The Yankees don't score a run, but because he put the bat on the ball, you make things happen. See, things you got to understand. Like people would say, "Oh, strikeouts are a part of the game." Yeah, I understand that, but. Guys have to be more cognizant of putting the bat on the ball and making things happen. Yeah, first and second, nobody out. Would you rather have a strikeout or a double play? You right. Rather have a strikeout, but you know, if you at least if you make contact, the shortstop could boot the ball, throw it, in, throw it into the stands. Something can something positive could happen for you offensively. Nothing positive can happen for you offensively if you strike out. Stanton had a couple more good at bats today. He's, you know what his
1: biggest issue has been? He, he keeps thinking the slider or the curveball is going to be a fastball. They're not throwing him fastballs right now. He's caught in between right now. It, it, you know, when he gets a piece of one, it, it goes. It goes far. But he's swinging over everything and right now. And then
2: you got Didi Gregorius. So how many times did he walk today? Three times? It's unbelievable. And I saw this stat. Didi had never walked more than eight times in any month in his entire career. And today marked his it's eighth April walk.
1: 7th. Were, already. we're nine games in, and he, and he has eight walks already. He he walked 25 times total last
2: year. So it was a nice bounce-back win for the Yankees today. The, they didn't hit any home runs, but the bats came alive, scored eight runs. Gray was good enough. The bullpen was good enough. They got the win. And, and you know what? It was a very good win. So now Monty's on the mound tomorrow. You hope to pick up the split before you go on the road to face Boston on Tuesday, right? Yes. All right. So we're going to break for a minute here, throw it to our sponsor real quick, and then uh, we'll be back with some uh shortstop talk on NYY Sports Talk. What's up, everyone? I'm Brandon from BrandonRendiniFitness.com, and I am an online fitness coach. My goal is to help you reach your fitness goals, so by purchasing one of my plans, you will receive a personalized meal plan and a workout plan to help you reach your goals. You will have 24-7 access to me for questions, and we would have scheduled weekly check-ins to make sure you're staying on track. What sets me apart is I want to help you find balance. I don't expect you to eat grilled chicken breast all day long. I understand that life happens and you're going to want to eat that piece of cake or that slice of pizza, which is why my plans are perfect for that. To make things more interesting, I am offering a special promo code for NYY Sports Talk
1: listeners. If you purchase any of my plans, you can use the code NYYST
3: and get 10% off. Again, that's promo code NYYST in all
2: capital letters. So head to BrandonRendiniFitness.com today and find the plan that works best for you. All right, welcome back to episode 37 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. Um, with Manny Machado in town this week, there's been a lot of talk about him possibly playing in the Bronx next year. Uh, Machado, for those that don't know, has now switched back to shortstop from playing third base. But there's a little bit of an issue for Manny Machado coming to the Yankees. We already have a shortstop. Someone someone mentioned this. Do you
1: think it's... Uh... Do you think it's kind of a marketing ploy for him where he's going to say, all right, you want me to come to New York and play third base? You're going to have to pay me a little bit more. Or do you think, you know, I mean, he could sit there and say, look, there's, there's a bunch of teams willing to pay me to play shortstop. If you really want me to play third, you're going to have to come up. Do you think that's part of his plan? I mean, do you really think this guy's not going to want to play in New York? Especially if the Yankees have a successful season,
2: I don't know. But did you see the play he made on Judge's RBI grounder? Yeah, I mean he's phenomenal play. But I, I, you know what? If I'm the Orioles, I wouldn't have touched. He him might from be third. one of the. He might be the only guy in Major League Baseball to make that play. Oh, he's. A, let me tell you something. He's
1: a phenomenal fielder. I wouldn't have touched him from third base. I thought he was. I think he wanted a, to go back to shortstop. I know. I, I, I loved him at third base, but apparently you could put him at short or third. He's just as good. So. I mean, the guy's the guy is probably the best fielding infielder
2: in baseball. But at what you're gonna have to pay him, isn't it more sensible to keep Didi Gregorius? I listen. I don't care what his contract would be. I'm keeping Didi over taking Manny Machado. Let's get into Didi's opening day first of all. This The first game in the Bronx after it snowed on Monday. Ridiculous. What the hell is it doing snowing right. in, in April? Miserable. Anyway. So now Tuesday they play. It was also another miserable day. Um, But Didi was, you know, was the ray of sunshine in an otherwise cloudy day. Three hits, two homers, eight, eight runs RBIs. batted in. I mean, what else? Guy gets a curtain call. What else do you two want this them. guy to do? Two of them. And then we read something like Buster Olney says that he's a nice complimentary piece, but he's not a star. He's a star to me. What else do you want Didi Gregorius to do? Take it in its context, too. We talked about
1: this in the past. Look at who he's replacing. And for him to be this successful this early on, how could you sit here and say Didi Gregorius isn't a star right now? And he's easily a top five shortstop right now in the league and he's gotten better every single year too, every really single
2: year time. he's improved since he's been a yankee this
1: season's young but as as of right now yeah he's he's improved definitely from last year so and we'll
2: give a cheap plug to our friend brian Hoke, but i just started reading the baby bombers over the week i'm about halfway through it right now the chapter on Didi gregorius is incredible first of all <laughs> the quote from Cashman is great because uh, Didi was a little bit apprehensive about coming here. He'd be like, oh, you know, I'm replacing Derek Jeter, and Cash was like, you know, no disrespect to Jeter, but he hit 256 with four home runs last season. <laughs> like, all you got to do is give me that, and we'll be uh, we'll be better off than we were last year. Now, who else was weary of coming here to replace Jeter? Jimmy Rollins.
1: I mean, it's not something that guys wanted to do. And Didi came in. Yeah, he had a rough start, but look at what this guy's done. Look at look at how productive he's been.
2: And this is no slight against Derek Jeter at all. He be he'll always be the captain, number two, the shortstop, Derek Jeter, number two. But you could not have gotten a better person to be the replacement to Derek Jeter and Didi Gregorius because he's not
1: just a shortstop to this team. He's a quiet leader and guys look up to him and he's each and every year you just see him take control of this team whether whether it's something he's physically doing or saying or whatnot he is taking control of this team and and you know what there's a winning culture again in new york and he's at the head of it
2: look people will disagree with me but i don't i don't really care um As much as the Yankees want this to be Aaron Judge's team, Didi Gregorius should be named the captain of the New York Yankees. I agree with you, but I just don't
1: see that ever happening. I don't see if they're ever going to name a captain again in, in this era right now. I don't see it being anyone other than Judge. I just don't. But it should be Didi Gregorius. But you're sitting here right now and people are speculating that Machado you know DD might not have a future here if Machado's going to come telling so you, how are you I do will... that how are you going to name this guy a captain but then have people speculating that he could possibly be replaced people are speculating that aliens live in their basement uh, well what i'm saying is so the speculation not every is speculation is... is based in reality right so that's what i was saying to you I, I don't care how good Manny Machado is i don't care if you have to pay him a dollar to come here to replace DD well, i'm not taking dollar, Manny but... Machado over DD Gregorius
2: I'm not doing that. There's already people speculating that the reason why the Yankees are off to quote a slow start is because they ruined the chemistry because Castro is not here. And you want to remove Didi, who is the chemistry of this team? Right. You I mean, make no
1: sense. No one makes much sense when they talk. Because everyone is completely
2: irrational when they when they talk about things like that. I just think that look look at it like this. When the Yankees, when Didi gets a big hit, that team is on a different level than when any, even including Judge, that team's just on a different level when Didi gets a big hit in a, in a game. They're just like at a different place. It like, just it it makes last night's loss that much
1: worse because he has that late inning home run. You think it's going to boost the offense, and it just doesn't. And and more salt in the wound was was Judge robbing that home run. In whatever inning that I think the twelfth, uh, and then 13th after that, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it might have been. And then you're just like, all right, there's no way they lose this game, and they had so many opportunities to score one run. They had so many opportunities, and they couldn't get it done. And then you keep wasting your your bullpen, and they got very lucky that they came out and put up eight runs today, and got a and got a nice start from
2: Gray going six innings. All right, so Didi's, Didi's a Yankee until 2020, right? Right. And you think he makes $8 million this year. You escalate arbitration. He, he might cap out at, what, $12, $13 million mm-hmm. in 2020. And you're going to have to pay Machado $30, $35 million a year. And for how much more production are you really going to get from Manny Machado than you already get from Didi? Right. And and how much are you going to take away from this team? Should you actually move Didi off this team? A lot, because think about it. Outside of Houston and Cleveland, there would be every other team in the major leagues would be lining up at your door trying to make a trade for Didi Gregorius. Absolutely. I, I, I honest, I'm. Who do you think's older, Didi Gregorius or Manny Machado? Didi's older. Didi's older.
3: Yeah, I didn't think he was. He's 28. Yeah, uh, Didi Machado Machado's only twenty five. Yeah, Machado's yeah. young.
2: Oh, so now that's that's going to be the basis for uh, doing this? Yeah, yeah. Machado. No, it's, not saying that's what you were saying, but now somebody will bring that up and say, "Oh, <coughs> Machado's course. younger." Of course,
3: I didn't think that
1: because people don't watch people who talk about this and say that you can just replace Didi for Manny Machado. You clearly don't watch the Yankees close enough because Didi Gregorius is way more than what you read in a box score, way more. And Manny Machado, I'm sorry, but he's been nothing but kind of a a punk on the field. And to take away what Didi brings in the clubhouse and, and brings representing the New York Yankees, to bring in a guy like Manny Machado, what, to hit 10 more home runs? I'll take Didi Gregorius any day of the week over that.
2: Well, you know, if people remember back to uh, the early days of the NYY Sports Talk Podcast, we had a segment called uh, Irrational Fan Tweets. Yes, we're bringing that back. But we don't even have to search far for them. We just have to go under mentions.
1: Yeah, well, now we've gotten so popular on Twitter that we don't even have to go searching for them anymore. We have Literally
2: just what I said. I literally just said that. Yeah. I'm reiterating what you're saying <laughs> in the exact same phraseology as I said it. Yep, I aspire to be like you. You should. Yeah. Can I tell everybody that I am so disgusted with you right now? Because you, I'm wearing two different socks. You are not a six-year-old I always girl, wear two different socks. But you're not a little girl that's like, "Oh, this is cute." I wear pink sock. I wear green sock, and they're not even both ankle socks. One comes up to your friggin' calf, and the other one is is a low cut sock. The
1: same length.
2: Jesus.
1: If you can't match the color, I never leave. wear two of the same socks. Is that something to be proud of? It's a superstition.
2: Even I the homeless like guy that hangs out behind... Don't make
1: that excuse.
3: It's I don't like to do it. You just, just did do your laundry. Right,
2: Ryan? Even the homeless guy that hangs out behind the pizzeria yeah. has the same two socks. Yeah, even
3: he'd be like, come on, dude. <sighs> yeah.
2: Whatever. Embarrassment. Hashtag. That's that's your prerogative. If,
1: if you're that concerned with my socks, then you clearly have... An issue, but you, you—you clearly have an issue with your with yourself. No, I have an issue with you. You're not secure enough with yourself. If you have that yeah, big you know, of an issue why with know my why? socks, because,
2: because should we go out after this show right now? I'm not going go, out with
1: you after the show. Well,
2: obviously, I'm not not now. Not Boom, with the way you socks. Problem solved. <laughs> problem solved. But let's say that we did that. We were going to grab a beer after the show, and we okay. walked into a bar together. Okay. And somebody looked at your friggin feet right now. What do I care? I'm for, no one would ever respect me again. Good no one should respect you anyway. Mm. So. Done. There it's just this, I I just don't understand why somebody would leave the house looking like that. What's next, man? What were we talking about? Didi. No, we were talking about the fans. Right, the fans. Um the, these phenomenal fans that
1: that boo a guy who hit two home runs.
2: Far be it from us to upset anybody, especially a listener of this show or a fellow Yankee fan, but I feel like I gotta call some of these fans to task. It was absolutely insane that John Carl Stan was getting booed on opening day. And then someone
1: someone tweeted today, I think, oh, that these guys are off to a rough start, blah blah blah. I mean, you did the math. Before today, the guy's on pace to hit 69 home runs this year.
2: Yeah, okay. He didn't hit one in the last two games, so I'm sure the so percentages went down. But... They were booing him last night again. If you did the math based off of the game, yes, uh, based off of the first seven games, three home runs in seven games, that's 69 home runs in a season. You're going to boo that?
1: And the guy hasn't even gotten hot. No, he's not hot. Imagine when he goes on his the streak he went on last year where he hit like one a day for for a month. I mean,
2: give the guy this a This is break. what I don't understand. If you're a fan of a team, why are you booing somebody in the first time that you get to see them?
1: How about when A-Rod came back and everyone booed him no matter what he did because they didn't want him on the team? If he's on your team and your organization is standing behind him, you cheer for him to be successful. It's the same thing. He why didn't... would you boo and
2: discourage a guy who's here to help you win? you got to understand something. This is his first taste of the Bronx, and the first memory he has of that is
1: you booing him. And the worst part is, we talked about this, he didn't even give anyone a chance to ask him how long it's going to be for his first home run because he did it in his first at-bat.
2: You give a guy respect when he does something like You're that. You're not allowed to have a bad game. Right. You I give don't a care guy respect. That he struck out five times. He had a bad game. He's entitled to it. And you know what? It goes back to what I was saying about the Yankees' record. It's nine games. If he was hitting 163 through nine games in June, you wouldn't even think about it. you say, oh, he's in a slump. But because of his first nine games, oh, he sucks. It's The, the Yankees made a mistake trading for him. I got a boom. And then the next day,
1: they go down early, and he comes up and hits a big two-run home I was run. at
2: the stadium one And you know
1: what? All right. And then after that, you say, okay. He, they boot him, whatever. It's over with. He he's won them over. That's it. And then last night he's getting boot again.
2: He didn't. No, he got boot again on Wednesday. I'm telling you, bro. I was in the stadium. He hits that mammoth home run. Everybody's like, "Yay, Giancarlo! We love you so much." Hey, he was everybody's favorite player again, right? And then all of a sudden, first strikeout, you hear a little boo. Second strikeout gets a little louder, boo. And then the third strikeout, I hear the guy saying, "You suck, Stan. Go back to Miami." Yeah, okay. What? Yeah. What a joke! I don't understand it. Why would? What you- does this guy have to
1: do at this point now to to stop it? What he's got to hit a home run every game?
2: And then somebody said it, I'm not going to take credit for it, but somebody else said it, I don't know who, but said that when he bat flipped the home run against the Rays, he didn't bat flip Tampa, he bat flipped the fans that booed him. It was Bart, Maggie, and uh, Carlin, they said it. That was very apropos too, that might have been the best comment that those three have made together. Yeah, because I highly dislike all three of them,
1: but yeah, they said it was kind of like an FU to the fans. I didn't think of it that way. I, I don't think, I really don't think Stanton did either. It was just a very big home run. But, you know, in a sense it was. And I then mean. let's
2: let's go to everybody's darling, Miguel Andujar, right? Oh my God. Like I said it before, it was the biggest crime since the crucifixion, crucifixion of Christ that he got sent down to AAA, right? Now he's here. He starts the season 0 for 12. He sucks. Miguel Andujar sucks. And today he had a decent game. he yeah, started he to see he the had, ball a little he better. A little, he had a hit. He had an RBI sack fly. But like fly. last night, when did he have the sack fly? That was today. That wasn't last night either? No, he started. No, he had the first hit and first RBI of the season today. All right.
1: So I tweet out that he has the sack fly. And someone replies, Andujar sucks. We're lucky he got he put the ball in the air. The guy just did his job. He just scored a run for your team. But he sucks. What are you doing? Scratching your balls on your couch? <laughs>
2: But that's what I'm saying. You could, it was like his ass was made of gold and people were, could not run to him fast enough in spring training. He gets off to a little bit of a slow start. Bum. Bum. Exactly. That's what I don't understand. And Maybe no one will ever want to listen to the NYY Sports Talk podcast again after we just trashed the fans. But I felt like it had to be said. I blocked somebody last night for saying CeCe Sabathia sucks. You want to sit there. How can you say CeCe Sabathia sucks? You want to go on our Twitter and you want to
1: have a debate on something that we believe. Fine, we'll banter back and forth, of course. That's the beauty of sports. But to sit there and say CeCe Sabathia sucks, you're probably getting blocked. (laughs) <laughs> you're probably getting blocked. And you know what? I uh, And you know what? I was fair when I came back at the guy and I said, you know what? Get his numbers from last year, post them here, and then we'll have a nice discussion on how he sucks. I know his numbers from last <laughs> year, but this year he sucks. In bo- I said, he's given up three earned runs. Where Where is your justification of him sucking? Doesn't matter. Sucks.
2: That's <laughs> uh- the f- this first week and a half of the season, dude, the irrationality of the fans has just been—it's been out of control. I'm waiting. I don't know why they haven't taken Judge and 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 took him taking him to a watering board yet yeah. because he's only has two home runs, right? You know, but and that was that was another thing. Oh, why hasn't he hit a home run yet? He Didn't even realize he didn't hit his first home run to the fifth or sixth game last year.
1: But and you he know still what? hit
2: fifty two, so fi- it really didn't matter.
1: In fairness. To everyone, and I'm not trying to justify how irrational everyone has been. This is the first year in a while that this team has a lot of expectations. There's a lot of eyes on this team right now. So, of course, you're going to get more people coming out and being irrational about them struggling. Because it's not something that was expected. Everyone expected what them to come out and be 8-1 and one right now. Yeah, of course that would have been great, but it's early in the season, These and they're guys not are under click.
2: 500. They're still five and four. Right?
1: If they if they were four and five, and doing Sanchez, this podcast right now, I'd, I'd be and, in a different And look, mood.
2: Sanchez, Judge, and Stanton are not even hot yet. Okay, wait until they are. And this is the last thing I'm going to say on this before we get to the next segment of the show. Everybody, for years, for most of the 34 years of my life that I can remember, especially since the dynasty started in '96 oh, it's the easiest thing in sports to be a Yankee fan. No, it's not. It is legitimately the hardest thing in sports to do because you want to know why? You don't just fight the other fans of other teams. You constantly have to fight your own fans because there are so many uneducated Yankee fans that just wear an NY because Jay-Z wears an NY or because they remember they won a few World Series in 1996. So it was cool to be a Yankee fan back then. So you have to really understand that there's two types of Yankee fans. There's Yankee fans like you and I who actually sit there and watch every game and study stats and know what the hell is going on. And then there's Yankee fans that might go to the stadium once a year, read a box score, might not even know that Derek Jeter's friggin' retired like the guy that sat behind me at the friggin' game on Wednesday. If there's 40,000. 000- I'll tell you this. I forgot to tell you this. My wife told me because <laughs> I wasn't even really paying attention the kid goes, uh the, it was dad and his son sitting behind me at the at the game on Wednesday. My wife goes, Doesn't he realize that Derek Jr. retired four years ago? My wife knows this, okay? <laughs> and this guy's taking taking this his kid to the sun and his son goes, Daddy, where's Derek? Uh, I don't know. He's probably not in the lineup today. He's He's retired. Oh my! He's retired. If there's forty thousand
1: Yankee fans cheering for a big home run during a game at the stadium, how many of those fans are true fans?
2: But I'm saying you cannot. You're in Yankee Stadium. You can't make that mistake and not knowing that Derek Jeter doesn't play for the Yankees anymore.
1: He probably lied to his kid just
2: to bring him to the game. Yes, son. Cheater, cheater will be there. Oh, my God. I can't. I, I told you this. I'm not going to survive this season. If they're if they're hovering around 500 around Memorial Day, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> Hopefully, they won't be. <sighs> All right. So, uh, let's take a breather here. Uh, I think stat Guy rye has to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm.
3: No, I'm good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do have to go to the bathroom.
2: Because <laughs> it's time for the Guardi Report. Brought to you by BrandonRendiniFitness.com. Go to, uh yeah, just go to the website. This is the second out of this show. Why am I even repeating it? Yeah. All right, so, uh Guardy, buddy, how you doing today? What's going
0: on, guys? How you doing today? Big wind today, Garty. Yeah, it was a nice win today, fellas.
2: <laughs> nice to, uh you had a, a knock for two runs today?
0: Yeah, it felt good, man. I got good wood on the bad ball and, uh, you know, drove in a couple.
2: So, um, we've been reading the Baby Bombers here by Brian Hoke. There's a little little chapter on you in there right right so we're gonna ask you a little bit about your uh your days back at holly hill
0: all right sounds good
2: um so your dad played minor league baseball for the phillies apparently i did
0: not know that yes he did yes he did but he never made it to the big show Nah. how come he didn't play hard well i mean i don't think it was a matter of, of him not playing hard i think it's just you know i think it's hard to make the bigs you know and the. uh he had that bad break there when he uh, tried jumping off a hotel roof into a swimming pool, and he tore both his Achilles, and, uh, you know, he actually, he made it to the pool. The problem was that he landed in the shallow end, and there was only about two feet of water in there, dude, so he so he hung him up. They didn't uh, mention that in the book. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I, I think it's in the book there, maybe in the, uh, at the end there.
2: Oh, I didn't get that far Yeah, you yet. gotta
0: finish the book, <laughs> it's in there. There's a whole chapter on it.
2: All right, so, um... Also did not know that even though you're a gardener, you're actually more of a farmer. Yeah. Back in Holly Hill, you were driving a tractor on your family's farm.
0: That's right. I mean, I love going to the farm. I mean, I went there more when I was younger, but uh, I tried going back there in the off season, go back home to Holly Hill. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just got a John Deere. I just got a new John Deere tractor and uh, works pretty good. Plows right through haystacks and cornfields. Got a lot of cornfields on the Gardener farm. Would so, you say it plows hard? Yeah, it plows very hard. I mean, uh, you know, it works great. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I love my time there on the farm. Actually, you know, when I got drafted by the Yankees, they said, Hey, Brett, we're going to start you in our farm system. And I'm like, I'm like, what? I didn't know y'all had a farm. And then uh, next forty five minutes to an hour, they proceeded to explain to me how minor league baseball works, and uh, I kind of left there a little bit disappointed. It I took mean, you
2: forty five minutes to grasp the concept? I of... didn't
0: get it. Is there double A? What's a single plus A? Where's the farm? Where are the animals?
2: <laughs> you were the animals a Char- but you the... were
0: a Charleston River dog. Oh yeah, I mean I was. No, I, I told you it just took me a little while. I got there, and uh, you know, I, there, there was no no animals. Besides the river dog, that was it. We had a mascot there, it was a river dog, and, uh, you know, that was it. I took right. care of it. I took care of it.
2: Last question for you this week, Artie. Uh You were cut from your college baseball team, but you made it after your dad wrote a letter to the coach begging him to just let you come out and shag balls and attend practice. And the coach respected your hustle, and you ended up making the team. Did you ever read what the letter said?
0: Uh, no, I man, I never got a chance to read it. Uh, I did hear about it, though, once I read the book. That was the first time I read it. I'm like, wait a second, I didn't, I didn't make the team because I'm good, I made it because my dad wrote a letter to the skip? (laughs) So, I mean, I was a little disappointed in that, but I mean, you know, I was a, uh, was that Charleston? I was Charleston Cougar, and, uh, I think that was...
2: Why are you asking us where you went to college? Because,
0: man, my head hurts, dude. My (laughs) head hurts bad today. I would imagine. You got a big dome, Brett. It's been a long series, man. I mean, it's been a weird series, and, uh... Yeah, I do, I, got, I do have a big old head up here.
2: Well, Brett, we uh, want to thank you for joining us on the weekly Guardi Report.
0: Oh, no problem, fellas. Thanks, Brett. No problem.
2: All right, so that was the Guardi Report. Uh, right. You
3: guys did it already? You guys just did it? Right. <laughs> now, why do you
1: always miss the Guardi Report? <laughs> well, I didn't want to walk in. I heard you guys were recording. <laughs> it's always nice having Gardner here with us.
2: All right, so before we wrap up today... um Let's get into the booner. Aaron Boone.
1: How do you feel about him? I ran a poll and and I wanted to be clear that I know it's only seven it was only seven games in at the time, but I wanted to just get a feel for the majority of the fans out there for us to discuss because it seems like and, and everyone knows this, people go out of their way to say negative things. They don't go they don't necessarily go out of their way to Leave a positive review on someone, so to us whenever whenever Boone made a a decision that was questionable, you know everyone attacked him, so to us, it felt like every single Yankee fan hated the guy already. It turns out in the poll that everyone was saying it's still too early to to tell how he's gonna be, but it just seems like people are really getting on this guy, and I don't necessarily see why again, nine games. I mean, we we all don't like the fact that pitchers are only going to throw 85 pitches and then be pulled from the game. But how much is that Boone's decision and how much of that is the Yankees organization's plan going into the season? I mean, this is something that was decided before the
2: season started. Boone's been a little questionable with some of his uh, pitching changes, to say the least. But you know what? He made up for that last night. I think he, I think he
1: managed a brilliant game last night.
2: I'm not going to get over Easter Sunday when he allowed Brett Gardner, uh, Brett Gardner, David Robertson, to give up that grand slam to Justin Smoke. I don't care what the numbers say. You have to be watching the game. Who is more likely to make it out in that situation, Josh Donaldson or Justin Smoke. I agree with you, but when he was questioned about it, yeah, he said that- I
1: respected the fact that he stood behind his decision. Yeah, he said they kind of gave Robertson a look and he wanted to do it too, but he also said the decision was made and that's that was the way they were gonna go. And regardless of how Donaldson was doing, they thought that he thought that Robertson had a better chance against Smoke, no matter what. He felt that way and he stood behind his decision. I don't agree with it. I absolutely don't agree with it. First of all, you never load the bases for a guy like Smoke. You just never do it. I don't
2: it. like in the bases, period, to be right. honest Right, that's with what you. I'm saying. You Especially just don't with a do guy it. like Robertson who bounces a lot of balls you in the You don't dirt. do it.
1: That was the
3: eighth inning, too, right, in that game? Didn't I th- smoke, smoke hit a home run in the th- seventh? Yeah.
2: Seventh
1: or eighth, I don't remember. You just uh, don't do it, and I don't agree with it, but at least he got up there and he stood behind his decision. I'm not trying to knock Joe Girardi right now, but how many times did he make a decision and he just fumbled
2: around his words when they questioned him about it? But here's what I, you keep. Ki- this is what we – you you specifically, and I did too, but it was you were more vocal about it, had this issue with Girardi that it was never about what his gut told him. It was what that stupid binder said. Now what? Because Boone doesn't have a binder. He's got a couple – Boone? Maybe he's got a loose-leaf notebook. He
1: said this was a gut feeling. No, this, it couldn't have been. It he said not obviously been. the numbers – were a factor, but it still was a gut feeling. When you are that close to the numbers, it becomes a natural instinct for that to be a gut but feeling. Anybody that's Donaldson watching kills Biz- Robertson. So my gut is telling me not to let him do it again. But you
2: have to look deeper into the numbers. I know. How many of those at-bats were when Donaldson was the MVP of the, of the American I league know. when he was hundred percent. And how many of those at-bats is when Justin smoke was lost. Justin smoke was almost out of the league last year. I just year. want to be
1: clear. I'm not defending the decision. What I'm telling you is I'm defending Boone for his justification of it. He didn't sit there and say, you know, I looked at the numbers and so on. And so he stood behind his decision. And you know what? I respect that. No,
2: I respect him standing and he said, behind and, his and, decision. And you know
1: what? You know what he said? He said, you know what? If I let Donaldson go up there and he hits a home run, then everyone's going to sit here and say, well, why would you let Robertson pitch to Donaldson with all these numbers that he has on him? And he's
2: right. I mean he was in a lose lose situation. Exactly. But in that exact instance, you gotta look deeper than in the numbers. It shouldn't have happened. He shouldn't have walked him.
1: He just shouldn't have. Especially because Donaldson, we all know, has been hurt. I mean, he's
2: struggling with his arm. And Justin Smoke is a different player than he was two years ago. Way he's different. Finally living up to that potential. Let that- me tell
1: you something. When Justin Smoke first came up, they he had a lot of expectations surrounding him and he was He was tra- he he was a bust. He came up with Texas Marin- he was
2: traded to, for, to, Seattle, to Seattle for Seattle. Cliff Lee.
1: Right. And you and know he what? Never,
2: even in never Seattle, he was, out. No. he was just not a great player. Is he, he on the Angels at all? No. I don't think so. And then he got a two-year, $8 million deal, I want to say, last year from Toronto. And people thought he got overpaid. And now look at him. He's one of the top sluggers in the American he's, League right he's now. He's
1: finally living up to his expectations. I, I don't know. I, I'm not sitting here and and I'm not saying that I would have done it. I'm just sitting here and saying it's nice to know we have a manager who's going to stand behind his decisions.
2: Okay, it's too early to make a judgment on whether Aaron Boone is going to be a good manager or not. I said this to you the other day. He's going to go through growing pains. It's going to happen. There's going to be days where he loses the game because he's a rookie manager. I'm telling you, it's going to happen.
1: I'm, I'm already starting to question a little bit the whole friendship side of things. I know we joked about it in previous episodes, but you know, yeah, it's great that Boone can be these guys friends and have a great clubhouse chemistry and all that good stuff. But you know, you've seen it over the last couple of games, this team, I know every, I know a lot of guys are injured, but they don't seem to have that, that spark, that fight. And some of that
2: has to be on Boone. You can't just sit there and be buddy-buddy with these guys. I don't you gotta... like that word that you're throwing around. You tweeted it out today, too, that the team's not fighting. I I don't sense that they're not out there trying to win ball games. It, they just I, haven't hit their strides yet. I never said that. They just... You have to go up
1: there with an approach. And when you're behind, you have to know what you're doing in that situation. And, you know, when you... to. When the other team comes up and and scores a run and it's 3-2 and then you get up there and you go down 1-2-3 on seven pitches, that's showing me that you're not putting up a fight. You don't have that approach. You need to light a fire under these guys' asses at some point. So what do you want them to do, yell at them? No, I'm not saying that. But we questioned – the one thing we questioned about Boone was is he going to be too buddy-buddy with these guys? Is he not going to be that guy who goes into the clubhouse and says that was atrocious? You guys need to step it up. You guys need to go up there with an approach, and you guys need to have better at bats.
2: But like I said, I don't know if he senses that this team's not giving him everything they have right now. They're just not, maybe they're just not winning games. They are. They're five and four. But I'm saying, alright, they're five and four, exactly. So why are we making such a big deal out of everything right now? You're right. Okay? You're right.
1: I'm not trying I I'm just trying to play Devil's Advocate a little bit here and give some people a reason to actually be um, concerned with Boone in any way, because yeah, he's going to make decisions here and there that you're going to question, but I think he's been really good so far. I really do. And it's not easy coming in with all these expectations surrounding
2: you and to be perfect. Do you know if they win every five out of every four games, five out of every nine games they play, they'll win 90 games this year.
1: Do you think that's good enough? Because I don't.
2: Okay, ninety wins is not good enough. That's a to g- win this division. No, no I don't think but it's going to be it'll good enough. It'll get you. first of all, I know you don't want a wild card, but it'll get you into playoffs. Yeah, I don't want a wild. You card. You don't that. sneeze at ninety win teams. No, but this is a team that's expected to win the division. But all right, so but I'm saying they're on pace to win ninety games, right. and they haven't so even played no well reason, yet. There's no reason to be up in arms. There's just no reason. There's no, and this is I said this before earlier in the week to you. I'd be stupid to be rooting against Aaron Boone because if I'm not (laughs) rooting for Aaron Boone, I'm rooting for the Yankees to lose. Right. So you want Aaron Boone to be successful? Let me ask you this one question: They go up to Fenway this week on Tuesday
1: and they get swept. What are your feelings coming away from that? It's still early. Are they
2: playing hard? Did they get blown out? Probably playing hard, (laughs) but (laughs) did they lose a couple of really close games? Or did they lose ten to two every night? A couple
1: of games were close, one of the game uh one of the games was close, the other two, they kinda got beat up. Are you concerned? If they got their
2: ass kicked up there, yeah, I'd probably be a little concerned. If they got swept and they lost all three games four to two or three to But Isn't ba-do-do. a loss a loss? I mean, no, there's there, loss is a loss in a loss column, but there's different types of losses. You can see your team fighting and competing. But my the basis of my question
1: was, are you concerned in the standings at that point?
2: Yeah, because then they'd be six games out. So right. that's a big chunk to be down. I don't care how early. early
1: in the season it is. You're really digging yourself out of a hole at that point. This team needs to go up to, to Boston and try and take two, at least. Can you agree with that?
3: Yeah, it would be great for them to take two out of three here against Boston because Boston's going to have a great record going into that series. They haven't played a team outside of Florida yet this year, right? It's been just the Marlins and the Rays that they've had to play. So
2: Yeah, they they had their home opener this week against Tampa. So so we'll see. It's a good test so, for both yeah, teams. Well, I mean, I don't care what the Yankees' record is. If they, if they if is, lose two or three, they only drop a game. It's only a game in the standings. Is Hicks going to be back? For Boston, maybe not. They're saying maybe not Tuesday, but he—they're anticipating him being in that series. You know, we're not talking about the fact that the Yankees don't have Hicks and Bird in
1: this lineup either. I mean, imagine adding Bird to this lineup right now, having another lefty power bat in this lineup to go along with Didi.
2: I mean, that's that's big, and then to have a switch hitter and Hicks. I think there's a lot to be optimistic about if you're a Yankee fan because. They haven't played their best baseball. They're five and four. Judge Stan and Sanchez have not gotten hot yet. They're still five and four. And you know what? Aaron the Boone is learning pitching, how to be a major league manager. They're the still five pitching's and four. Been great. Let's not forget that Alex Cora is also a rookie manager right. up in Boston. He's gonna have his own hiccups up there. And you know what? They're going out there. They've won more games than they lost, and they don't even have a full
1: strength lineup. Right if they
2: now. win tomorrow against uh, Baltimore, they split the series. They they went six and four in their first ten games. That's a six hundred winning percentage. Who's going to say no to a six hundred winning percentage? Yep. So, I think people just got to come. Take a deep breath. Come inside. Get off the window ledge. Here, it's not. Because think about it. If they go 6-4 and four and they haven't even played really... No one would ever say that they've really played well yet. Imagine what they're going to do when they do play well. Right. Alright, before we wrap up episode 37... Something I wanted to bring up last week, but I forgot about it. Yes has instituted the K-Zone. Hate it. It does more harm than it does good. Because all it does is piss you off when you're watching a game. If there's a pitch where there's no K-Zone and I'm calls it a strike... You'd be like, oh, it looks fine to me. But because the cage zone shows it like 40 feet off the plate, now you're like, this friggin' umpire freaking. Yes. <laughs> so true.
1: And you know what, too? I thought about it. Everyone talks about a robot calling balls and strikes and whatnot. It takes away – everyone looks at it from the hitter's perspective that, yeah, then they won't get cheated on bad calls, right? But think about it from a pitcher's perspective. Some of what you do, some of your approach has to do with the umpire. If the umpire is giving you that outside corner a little bit off the plate, you're gonna live there. If you can pinpoint that fastball, you're gonna live there all day and take advantage of it. Or you're gonna keep hitting your spots until he gives you that call. So what is a what is a robotic strike gonna give you?
2: It's gonna make pitchers have to be perfect. Do you remember and that's not what pitching is. Do you remember the famous Wade Box quote? No. Uh, somebody asked him, he had an issue with, one of the, with a certain umpire who would call the, the pitch like three or four inches off the plate. And they said, well, Box, if you know this certain umpire calls that pitch there, why don't you swing at it? He goes, I've been playing baseball for 30 years, and that's never been a strike with any other umpire. Why should I change my zone? Because this guy doesn't understand the strike zone. <laughs> it's all part of the game. It's all part of why we love the game. You know what I don't like with umpires, though? If you're going to give the inside corner, you can't give the outside corner. It's not fair to the hitters. You have to pick a cor- Look, really, in all honesty, you shouldn't give any either side of the plate. It should be what a strike is a strike. But That's where I disagree with if you. If you're gonna going to give, let's say if you're going to give a pitcher the outside corner, you can't give them the inside corner too. The beauty of the umpire is that,
1: first of all, there is no strike zone. There's no rule that states a strike zone. It is It is a judgment call okay I know the ball has to somewhat hit the plate there but it's a judgment call and if an umpire is a pitcher's umpire or a hitter's umpire that dictates a lot of the game and that is part of the game that is an element in the game as a pitcher and as a hitter you that's another element that you have to be cautious of and that's the beauty of baseball that people sitting on their couch and get bored by the game don't understand So, again, why would we cater to that casual fan and ruin the game for people like us who are passionate about it and watch every single pitch of a season?
2: So, in the NFL, if referee A thinks that you can close line a wide receiver and that's okay, but referee B is like, no, that's a pass interference call, that completely changes the outcome of the game. Okay, but that's in the moment. We're talking about how
1: many yeah, pitches in are the thrown. Moment, how many pitches are thrown? I'm talking about adapting to a game.
2: So I can if I'm a if I'm a defensive back and I know I can tackle a wide receiver. I'm yeah,
1: gonna, you're gonna keep doing it.
2: Yeah, but that's only for one game. Then the other 15 games I play, I have to play by the rules. All I'm saying is, a sh- everyone,
1: look, look, it's a rule, right? You can't hit a receiver in whatever the actual rule is. While he's going for the ball,
2: so on and so forth. That's a rule.
1: There's no rule in the rule
2: book. But that it's also states, an interpretation of what a certain umpire or referee might think pass interference field. But what I'm is. saying is... Some allow more than others. But what I'm saying is these networks are putting up this K-Zone like, hey,
1: this is it. This is what a strike is. Exactly. No, it's not.
3: That's why. The That's K's not mean- what a strike is. The K-Zone would be better if they had like a scouting report on umpires and they figured out, well, he calls a little bit more outside, so maybe they have the K-Zone more towards the umpire. Like Hunter Wendelstet's that's
2: what strike zone is higher than uh, Cubby Colbert's. Yeah.
3: But that I, all depends on if the umpire is actually consistent. What I'm saying consistent.
1: is when they put up the K-Zone, they're showing they're telling the viewer this is what a strike is, right. and that's not the truth. That is not a strike. A strike is what the umpire calls a strike.
3: You see it all the time. There's so many pictures that are outside right. of the zone. That, and that's that why strikes.
1: that's why so many people freak out when you have the K zone. It does more harm than it does good, just like you said.
2: End of story. So why don't you tell everybody about uh, tell everybody a story about we're all tied up? Since that's the end of that story, why don't you tell them this story? We're all tied up. Hit them up on Instagram at we're all tied up.
1: They what what would you call their the wreath that they put together? It's made out of
2: Ribbon, ribbon, it's, cloth.
1: It, you know, it's a nice spring wreath. You can honestly, if you're you have a family member that's part of the police department, fire department, they cater to any type of wreath you want to make. We have one that will show on our Twitter, uh, geared towards the Yankees, obviously, that we're going to be giving away. Check them
2: out. Okay, anything else? That's it for me. You got to plug anything else?
1: Um, beside your, your mouth, follow us at NYY sports talk. At MIYST podcast. Follow me at Chris Jr. underscore MIYST. Ryan at Rye underscore MIYST.
2: You know that uh, Tyler Wade had diarrhea in the butt yesterday. You got diarrhea in the mouth today. Good. That's your response? Good. My prerogative. Good. Good.
3: What did you say Tyler Wade had earlier?
2: Poopy poopy butt. butt. Poopy butt. (laughs) I knew it as soon as I seen it. I was like, he. That was
3: the official diagnosis.
2: Yeah. I think Flaherty picked up on it, too. Because, uh, no, it wasn't Flaherty. It was Sweeney Murdy said that he's actually been feeling a little under the weather since Toronto. Because Sweeney Tyler said, you know, maybe you don't want to get a little too close. Mm. I don't know why Sweeney's getting... No,
1: but Flaherty was the one during (laughs) the game who said, it looks like he's almost sick.
2: Yeah. And then he went flying into the locker room. When you make that face, there's one of two things that happen if you're a dude. You got kicking the balls... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or you got to go t- to the toilet. So, all right. So follow me on Twitter at Christian underscore nyyst. Go to NYYSportsTalk.com. dot com. I'll say it this week: swag up. Get your new gear. My uh, my home is a stadium in the Bronx. T shirt just released for opening day. Pick that up. Pick up the Bombers T shirt. Um, well. You'll be hearing this the day after WrestleMania. WrestleMania is actually tomorrow, but you know, you could rock it post-WrestleMania. WWE's having a pay-per-view event at uh, the Prudential Center in May. Be a good place to wear it. Uh Uh, Predictions for WrestleMania tomorrow. No one cares. Roman Reigns will win the WWE Universal title. Chris is going to get pile-driven out on the concrete because he's a dickhead. That's really nice. Alright, thanks for listening to NYY Sports Talk episode 37 Uh, Yanks are in Boston Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday and we're looking forward to the first Taste of the Rivalry in 2018 Chris i gonna like you Say goodbye (laughs)